This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 119. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's topic, lessons from the front lines, the very fine line between reserving the right to read and waiving it. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a spectacular week, as always, and succeeding beyond expectation in your depositions. Today's episode is just a reminder about how technical the rules governing depositions can be and how those technicalities can affect your rights in the absence of strict compliance. In the opinion we're spotlighting today, issued 10 days ago in the Cyprus property case in the show notes, the court held that attorneys failed to timely request and thus preserve their deponent's right to review the transcript because the court reporter had announced, quote, we're off the record, close quote, before the lawyer advised that their witness would review. Clearly, Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 30E1 and its state equivalents says the request for review must be made before the deposition is completed. So the court here, citing that language, said the deposition was concluded under the rule when the court reporter announced, we're off the record at 3.36 p.m. And so the request, allegedly made just after that, was untimely. So that announcement by the reporter, according to this judge, represents the dividing line between a request that is timely and one that is simply too late. The court took that position in the Cypress property case, even though all of the lawyers and the court reporter were still present and logged in by Zoom. The motion filed by the defendant specifically says that immediately after the questioning of their expert witness, and while counsel for the parties and the reporter were still on the Zoom link, defense counsel informed the reporter and thus others that the expert was electing to review. The court reviewed the transcript, saw the declaration by the reporter that the deposition had concluded, and ruled that the request to review was untimely and that the reporter need not honor it. Now, you probably see this often. Lawyers will wrap up the questioning, the witness leaves, and one or more of the lawyers will turn to the reporter who may be packing up their gear at this point and say, by the way, we'll read. Let's hear what the court had to say in Cypress Property on that point. And the court said the following, quote, while a Rule 30E1 request perhaps need not be made on the record, it must be made before the actual deposition is completed. And Rule 30F's focus on a transcript produced from the court reporter's stenographic notes suggests that the point at which a court reporter ceases transcription generally marks the point at which a deposition is completed. The court continues, here, the transcript, as quoted elsewhere in its opinion, makes clear that defense counsel's questioning was completed and counsel made their final statements in connection with that questioning before the reporter made her final statement that, quote, we are off the record at 336 and consistent with the depositions being, quote, concluded, close quote, at that point, stopped taking stenographic notes. Again, the court said that even though all of the lawyers were still present and connected by Zoom, neither the attorney nor the expert witness, the deponent, made the required request before the deposition was completed, 
And as the court put it, that ends the matter. Clearly the court takes the announcement that we're off the clock at 3.36 is like the expiration of the game clock in a sports event, just as no points can be scored the minute the clock hits zero, no review can be requested the moment the court reporter concludes the deposition. So the lesson for the day from Latin class is caveat advocatus, or lawyer beware. All right, let's run through some practical observations and tips, and then we'll wrap up. Point number one, the obvious solution to this kind of problem is to strictly comply with the rule and request the right to review, commonly voiced as, we'll read, or the witness will read, no later than the moment that the last lawyer says, no further questions. Typically, the reporter will look at other lawyers in the room when they hear that from any lawyer to see if they have any follow-up, at which point someone may say, no questions and we'll read. But that's the edge of the cliff, isn't it? Because at least according to this judge, if the reporter announces that we are off the record before a lawyer is able to get out uh, that their witness wants to review, it's untimely. Point number two, even better, if you routinely require your witnesses to read, do it at the beginning of the deposition or any time before the very end. There is no requirement that the exercise of the review right be made at the conclusion of the deponent's testimony. It just has to be, as the rule says, before the deposition is concluded. Now I suppose that since the deadline is the announced conclusion of the deposition by the reporter, you could even request the right to review uh, before the deposition begins by contacting the reporter and saying, we just want to let you know that this is our deponent and we're going to have the deponent review the transcript. We're going to exercise that right. That meets the language of the rule because you would have requested review before the deposition is completed. That's one way of doing it, although I certainly would recommend that you also do it on the record at some point during the deposition to eliminate argument that you didn't reserve during the deposition or on some other ground. Now, what about the judge's observation that a Rule 30E1 review request need not be made on the record as long as it's made before the actual deposition is complete? That's correct. The rule does not say, and so does not require, that the review request be made on the record. That's why you could, in theory, make the request in an email to the reporter before the day of the deposition. It's why you can also announce that request to the reporter during a break. But the risk is obvious there, isn't it? Because it at least opens the door, if you haven't done it on the record, to the possibility that the reporter will either forget or that an opposing lawyer will later claim that you didn't make it at all or didn't make it properly. So doing it on the record during the deposition above all else and in addition to all else minimizes the risks of potential problems. Now what to do if you've left the deposition and the next day you realize that you forgot to reserve the right to review and you really need your deponent to review and correct through the use of an errata sheet? Well first immediately ask the court to allow you the opportunity to review and make changes on an errata. File a motion asking for exactly that relief. And there's support for this approach 
in a federal appeals court decision out of the Third Circuit. That's the EBC case in the show notes. There, a party apparently missed the 30-day deadline for returning the errata sheet, so another technical error in the timing. And the Third Circuit there said, well, the rule says that the deponent must be allowed 30 days to review. It doesn't say can only have 30 days. And the court, the Third Circuit, referring to Rule 30E1, says, quote, Note, however, the phrasing of the rule. It provides that a party or deponent must be allowed 30 days to submit errata and points out that the rule formally said that the party or deponent shall have 30 days. The court says the natural language of the rule then does not preclude courts from allowing more time upon a prior request or for giving minor untimeliness after the fact. Instead, the rule grants courts discretion to do so under appropriate circumstances. While courts retain the authority to enforce the amendment window strictly, we leave the matter to their sound discretion to determine if and when extension of the time limit for returning the errata is appropriate. Close quote. Now that's not a perfect fit for the situation of an untimely request made after the deposition has concluded. But it is in the context of errata sheets and that specific rule provision, and it makes clear that courts have discretion to forgive minor after-the-fact untimeliness issues. So consider making application, if you find yourself in this situation, uh, to your court asking for an order to allow additional time to request, review, and submit the errata sheet. Do that as quickly as possible after the deposition has concluded. Your odds of getting this kind of relief obviously drop sharply if you are at the point where the reporter has already finalized the transcript, certified it, and shipped it out. Consider also asking the court in the alternative to allow the deposition to be reopened and to allow the witness to explain any discrepancies in the testimony in that manner that might have been included in the errata sheet, which you can point out in your application would allow opposing counsels to cross-examine the witness on any changes. So that's another way to get around an untimely request for review. Now, what did the lawyers in the Cypress property case do? That's the case we're focusing on today. Well, they filed a motion to compel compliance with Rule 30E1. That's the review provision. But their motion seeks an order against the court reporter asking the judge to order the reporter to accept the review sheet, suggesting also that the court reporter's refusal to allow review uh, was a disguised effort to assist the adversary, the plaintiff, and asking the court to impose sanctions against the reporter in the amount of $1,250. But the motion doesn't ask the court for an order to allow the defendant more time to submit an errata sheet and it doesn't ask the court to reopen the deposition. So the court took the position that it lacked authority to grant relief against the reporter as the motion was framed. So on the specific singular path for relief sought by the defense, the court said no. Now keep in mind that like all of our Lessons from the Front Lines episodes, this is a brand new ruling in a pending and actively litigated case. So it's conceivable that the court may, at some point in the future, modify its ruling, 
or withdraw it, and it's also conceivable that the defendant may at some point circle back and ask the court to allow the reopening of the deposition or for some other relief that would cure the problem uh, at hand. All right, so another solution, obviously, is to simply use an affidavit down the road to clarify the problematic answers in the depositions, although, as you know, that can also uh, create issues for you if the deponent's testimony in deposition was crystal clear and if there's no evident explanation as to why different testimony is being offered now, such as the discovery of new information or the discovery of a clear and obvious mistake. But an affidavit at dispositive motion time is at least another option. Ultimately, the lesson here is just to make sure that we strictly comply with the rules and in the event we don't make a timely request to review, to immediately look for alternative paths to the same outcome, including, as we've discussed, swift application for more time to request review, application to reopen the deposition, or an affidavit at some point down the road. In all cases, we want to make sure that the strategy for getting the job done is one that the rules allow and that are within the court's discretion. Attacking the reporter, as was done here, and seeking relief against the court reporter is not one of the options I would have suggested and probably not one that would motivate a court to grant relief. All right, that's it for today. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.